Welcome to the Monday Show as we get ready for Fantasy Week 7. It is May 15th. Adam Azer and Heath Cummings and Scott White with your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I think we'll get to your emails. We'll certainly do our best. But, man, what an active weekend. I was adding and dropping like a guy who plays a lot of fantasy baseball. Anyway, good morning, guys. And uh, how was how was Mother's Day? What did you guys do for Mother's Day? I went to a basketball tournament, my 15-year-old. So, no, we took her out to eat Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, the 7-year-old and I went to the store and got stuff for breakfast and mimosas. Oh, and we had right. that. And then, seven-year-old had mimosas. Yes, <laughs> clearly mother was not in charge this day. And then we went to a basketball tournament, like we do every weekend. Okay, all right, good. Always, always good time for a basketball tournament. Scott White, how about you? Yeah, we had a we had a nice breakfast with mom. Uh, worked on a little little craft with Everett for her uh, that she seemed to enjoy. So it was it was a pleasant day. This was the first year that I did not have to go shopping. For my wife, for Mother's Day. Why? I have you're a 17 year old daughter. You're just phoning I, it in now, Heath. <laughs> I gave her the money, and she went and did the shopping. Ah, there you go. That's perfect. That's, I don't think crazy. I'll ever have to buy a Mother's Day present for my wife again. Oh wow! Congratulations, big day for you. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. And you know, for me, Mother's Day was great because of baseball. Well, I had I had a really nice time, but um, but. You don't care about that. What you care about is that in fantasy baseball, you don't get that many weeks that come down to Sunday night. But I've had that two weeks in a row in the podcast league, and they have been exhilarating. And yesterday, I George Springered my way to a big old victory over Scott White. We were the two highest scorers in the podcast league. Scott was already 4-1. and one. He was in good shape. I was 2-3. and three. I needed it. So thank you, Scott, for letting me win yesterday. Oh, yeah. I was... I, I just I took a dive. No, you had a huge week, um, but man, it was really I was crazy. Uh, if, if your if your favorite team is going to get pummeled, might as well be in helping your fantasy team win. So, so, th- so that's what you, did Astros. me in was the second George Springer home run. Uh, there was more. There was Brett Gardner like doubling and scoring, and and yeah, but I th- Springer, you can blame him. Yeah, okay. I'd say that's accurate. No I, home runs since April 18th, and he hits two that day. He was two. <laughs> Springer. But the, he has it out for me. The thing is, man, there was a lot. Look, we got closer shakeup as Neftali Feliz is out in Milwaukee. We, Washington might make a change. Familia's out for a while. Chapman's on the DL. Uh, we have prospects coming up and impressing like Ian Happ and uh, Eddie Butler and uh, Jose Barrios. It was. I thought it was a very interesting and active weekend for me. Uh, did you feel the same way? And who were some of the uh, players that you were making sure you were you were looking at in every league? Well, uh, Jose Barrios was one who obviously needed to be owned after that first start. Um, so I got him in a league or two. Yeah, I think I got him in two as well. I I think the half one is maybe the most interesting. And I wrote about him in Waiver Wire today. Scott tweeted out once it was announced that he was called up that he's basically a deep league ad only, and this should should be, in theory, a short term ad. And and I agree 100% with that, except for the fact that he just had two really good games in a row. Ben Zobrist is like 36 years old and banged up in about every way a guy could be banged up and hasn't hit this year. And I just kind of wonder if this is going to be one of those. Adrian Gonzalez go to the DL for a while type of deals with Zobrist, and they give Hap a couple weeks to see if he can hit. Let's not forget the Cubs are under 500 right now, so That's there's true. a little little urgency there, and their pitchers are struggling. So Ian and Hap I just I just is, think like yeah. whoever the worst hitter is on your roster, they are, with with all the depth we have, they're almost certainly replaceable. I don't know that Hap's potential upside is replaceable. Yeah. So Hap is kind of, uh, 45% owned. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think, I mean, it's over his bang up. They could easily put him on the DL. I, I don't think it's as, like Adrian Gonzalez's situation, it seems like Adrian Gonzalez maybe doesn't deserve to be a starter in the majors anymore. I mean, Zobrist is still, other than the batting average, he's still been pretty good this year, walking at a high rate like usual. So, I mean, when everybody's healthy on the Cubs, they have nine hitters for eight spots as it is. Do they though? Because so like, Javi yeah. Baez, Javi Baez, we loosely consider a hitter at this point. Like, 
Like, I know they're not going to completely give up on him, but if Hap hits, he can stay in the lineup. Uh, you know, they'll find a way. And he's is what? second base eligible, but he played in the outfield twice this weekend, by the way. I mean, we don't like Javier Baez for fantasy purposes, but he's still considered a good real-life player, right? I guess. I think he's made a bunch of errors this year. Um, I know he's, I know he's a great Probably trying to do those no-look catches. I think, you know, look, he might, he might just be tired. He played in the World Baseball Classic, whatever. Uh, there's some struggles there. I know Buster only wrote about that I, over the I weekend. don't think they're, they're cutting Javi Baez to make, but not cutting I think him, but. Baez is best served in that utility play defense role. Like, I, I feel like Hap could just be the Cubs best second baseman. All right, well let's talk, I, I mean, in what leagues are you adding Ian Happ right now? Because obviously he's more than just deep league speculation at this point. I think it might be a shorter list to say in what leagues would you not want to add Ian Happ. Okay. Standard head-to-head points, I think it's too shallow. I, I don't know. That, and, I agree and I mean, with the why, why you're saying that, but also there's so many hitters on the waiver wire that can give you replacement-level production at any point. Like There's a ton of guys on the waiver wire that you'd think, man, I'd kind of like to pick him up. Starlin Castro's in the waiver wire in almost all of our head-to-head points leagues. Like, sure. I, well, no, that's I, I doubt that's true. Well, who? Okay, who would you rather have, Starlin Castro or Ian Happ? I I would I think I'd drop Castro to pick up Happ. What do you, like? Let's okay. Crazy scenario: Ben Zobris, you know, tears his UCL, out for the year. <laughs> How good do you see Happ being? Is he top 12 second baseman? I think he could be a top know. 12 second baseman. He could be, but I bet against it, right? I mean, I, yes. I, I would also bet against Starlin Castro being like, a top 12 second baseman. Even if that happened, he would still split time with Javier Baez, you'd think, and a number of other players. So but why would you, why would you prioritize him over, over Ahmed Rosario, which I know you did over the weekend, cause I picked up Ahmed Rosario. We should, let's talk about some more players here. We can't spend the whole show on Ian Happ. So like, who, who did you really want to pick up? I picked up Ian Happ. I picked up Ahmed Rosario. I picked up Matt Albers. Obviously if Dylan Batances is available, you need to get him, but that's only going to be in points leagues. Uh, there were really a lot of guys that, that, um, that impressed this weekend, uh, Biagini and, and whatnot, but, yeah, go mm-hmm. go ahead. So so let's talk about those two prospects, Rosario and Hap, and then let's expand the conversation and who we want to be adding right now. Okay, so I mean the three priorities for me, uh, let's say five priorities, and you know obviously in, in some leagues these guys may have already been owned, but just the biggest names, the 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 players I was adding regardless of format were um, Aaron Altair, Jose Barrios. Addison Reed, Dellen Betances, and then Hap would probably be that fifth guy. Now, if you have to go deeper than that, Joe Viagini was a guy I was absolutely looking to add to good starts. And moving out of the bullpen, they were obviously short starts. Uh, zero walks between the two, though, and um, an okay number of strikeouts. Reason to think that maybe in a year where pitching is so hard to find, he could be a halfway useful option. Mm-hmm. Nate Carnes. Uh, second straight double-digit strikeout effort. And um, breakout seems unlikely given his track record in the majors, given his pedigree. But getting a lot of swings and misses on his uh, uh, yeah. on his slider, I think it is. All right, this is Carnes. Carnes is 50% owned. Biagini is 19% owned. Who would, you, who would you rather own? And Ned Yost's quote was, what a curveball. Um I would rather own Carnes. Yeah, I'd rather own Carnes, too. He's got uh, 29 Ks in his last three starts over 17 and a third. He got off to a terrible start to the year, but three really good starts in a row. Would you drop Kevin Gossman for either Gosman for either Carnes uh, or Biagini? I'm not there yet. I would drop him for Carnes. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I kind of know, but Gosman getting so much favoritism over Robert Gazelman. Gosman does have a little more of a track record, but his track record is mostly as a, you know, kind of fringy guy. Well, a fringy guy in the old environment, but if he could be what he was in the old environment now, he would be much more than a fringy guy. Uh, does anybody other than me sing to himself or herself out there, uh, Joe be a genie tonight? Nope. Yo, Can't you should. say that I do. Well, you should, because I've been singing <laughs> in my head all weekend, and I love it. So, there you go. Team name. Team name Monday. Oh, we have Cody Bellinger team names coming up. 
Um, all right, so those are some some players that you probably want to be looking at picking up: Carnes, Biagini, uh, Barrios, and then those closers: Addison Reed and uh, Dellen Batances. And Batances, look, Chapman's out for at least a month, and it's rotator cuff inflammation, I believe, no structural damage, but a month of Batances could be really, really good. <clears throat> and Matt Albers, I know he got the save last night in the second game of the doubleheader. I don't think that either Glover or Kelly were available. Right. But, boy, Dusty Baker's quite frustrated with his bullpen. It's really been terrible. Albers trade. Albert, and they and he said, they asked him about that, and he said, yeah, look, nobody's trading right now. You know, he acknowledged that, pretty without saying it, that they want to make a trade, but nobody's trading right now. So it could just be a short-term thing. But Albers has been, I don't know, arguably their best reliever. has been very good this year. Uh, I think Glover's been better than Kelly. Kelly's got like a 7 ERA. Mm-hmm. So is Albers somebody worth picking up? Is Glover worth picking up? What do you, what's your read on the Nationals bullpen? It's pretty messy. I think I would prioritize it even behind somebody like Bud Norris right now. Um, like if Matt Albers gets the first, like if he gets the next save chance, just because Dusty Baker's tired of playing the game with all the others. I don't feel like he has a lot of long-term sustainability in that role, 34-year-old, without much of a track record of being a dominant reliever, less than a strikeout per inning even this year. Right, every uh, year, except for like 2011. So. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be thrilled even if that, if there was that monicum of clarity. But, uh, but would you prefer him to Coda Glover? I I mean, right now, I think he's more likely to get the next save chance. So and from the short-term perspective, yes. But I would be more excited about Glover if we learned Glover was named the closer or whatever. Okay. okay. Uh, all right, then. Other guys uh, I added, Herman Marquez, one start at Minnesota this week. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm there yet, but I feel like he's going to be a guy we want to start on the road. Like you, you picked up Marquez and dropped Daniel Norris. I picked up Senzatella and dropped Daniel Norris. Who's also a one start, but at Cincinnati. Right. Okay. And Marquez at Minnesota. I like that matchup better than at Cincinnati, but you're, the point is taken. Like Rockies pitchers on the road, not a bad idea. If you want to look into streaming one start guys, which is something I, I didn't really do before this year, but you know, but it is, it is right? pitching this year after all. But you shouldn't have to because you drafted all those pitchers early. Uh, no, I don't overstate it. I didn't draft all those pitchers early. I, prioritize pitchers a little bit more, but they still suck. So, And we're going to spend some time talking about these stud pitchers who have really struggled, like two Cubs pitchers over the weekend. Masahiro Tanaka with his worst start of his career. Um, I think you even look at Jacob deGrom, and, and the ERA is high, and it's and the walks are high. Justin Verlander, walking the career-high walk rate for him. But here's the most added list. It's Aaron Altair. Zach Godley, who's RP eligible, has two starts. That is, uh, this is a terrible idea. Zach Godley yeah. being the no. second most added player at 49% owned now. Awful. <laughs> uh, he is awful, and you are awful for adding him, whoever you are. Uh, just in case, well, alright, the Mets at home <laughs> and at San Diego. Mets at home Look, and at San Diego. Uh, maybe I overreacted, but it still seems pretty crazy to me. I'm just like, I would understand it if he was the most added because he was 0% and now he was 20% and there were 20% of people in head-to-head leagues that were going to start him as a spark with two starts. But 49%? Whoa. That's low. I mean, like, let's... 49% still low, right? Did we see him added in any of our 12-team head-to-head leagues? I didn't. Well, not ours, no. But he was... Like, I don't think you can be 49% owned without being added in 12... He was added in some, but not many. Is my point. He may like, have been. He two good matchups. He's coming off a good start last time. I mean, look, I don't think Zach Godley's a long-term solution either. But oh, and, and I and he was beyond the threshold where I re- in my two-star pitcher rankings this weekend. He was beyond he the threshold of me recommending. And you but, recognized a lot of bad pitchers in that piece this week, right? Like we, you were going through a lot um, of a lot of guys that were kind of borderline. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's, here's the bottom line. I need Zach Godley to get lit up because of what I just said on this podcast. So I am really rooting against him. Uh, more on the most added list. Addison Reed, three. Justin Wilson, four. Corey Knable. So he got the save yesterday. He's he's the oh, guy, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, 
I should have mentioned him earlier. No, I, I definitely take him over any of the nationals. Okay. Uh, he's been, he's been dominant this season in a setup role. So unless there's a complete departure from what he's already been doing, I think he solidifies that job for the Brewers. Yeah. Okay. So Curry can able your Brewers closer. Uh, Yonder Alonso now 81% owned. Jose Barrios 69%. Dellen Batances 76%. Owned, um, and now the reason Batances is 76% owned in CBSSports.com leagues is because we have a lot of points leagues, and he's not really that valuable, but now he is. But he wasn't. Oh yeah. He wasn't before, but now Batances certainly is. Uh, Derek Law, 26% owned. He had a nice weekend. Ian Happ, 45% owned. So we talked about a lot of these guys. How about Ben Gamble, 27% owned? How's that, how's that sound to you? About right. Like, I understand why people are excited and, and he's had some nice production. I don't think he's going to have a job a month from now. You don't? Ben Gamble. With Leonis Martin out? I, well, I guess, I guess that's just presuming they're going to bench Dyson. Well, no, Dyson could play center. Well. And you can have Gamble in left and. Hanniger? And Hanniger in right. Okay. Yeah, who no, I, I. Who am I missing that's also playing in the outfield right now that I'm just forgetting about? Taylor Motter. Um and occasionally ah, that, that guy's name I always forget. He's Heredia? always up and down. Guillermo Heredia? Heredia, yeah, him, yeah, Guillermo Heredia. Oh, got one right. Good for me. Um, yeah, no, I I think Gamble's a top. When everybody's healthy, he's a top three outfielder for them. I don't think he's going to be enough of a power hitter to factor in fantasy, and you know the batting average is built on a high BABIP and probably probably not mixed league material. So yeah, I, I agree with the. Ownership being about right. Who do you prefer? Which pitcher? Joe Biagini or Eddie Butler? Did it. Biagini. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Oh, and such a bad bat misser, man. It's ugh. Yeah, but he's a ground ball pitcher. They should have a good defense. I'm, I'm some I mean, lowering my standards. Unless you're Dallas Keuchel, I'm still, yeah, not enough of a ground ball pitcher to get me excited. Okay. Uh, and Alex Wood is 89% owned, so you're probably not adding him, but what do you think Alex Wood's future in the rotation is with, of course, on my bench for six scoreless innings with 10 strikeouts at Colorado on Saturday? I don't think that the, like the Dodgers have 17 starting pitchers and they've got like three that can stay healthy. I think his future will be determined by how well he pitches. I don't think he can lose his job without blowing up or getting hurt. Yeah, there's some talk. Like if Rich Hill doesn't dominate Tuesday, there's they're they're bringing up the thought of moving him to the bullpen again. Mm. Wow, which well it would be unfortunate for Rich Hill, but obviously it makes fitting all these parts in a little easier. But yeah, I would say Woods ahead of like Brandon McCarthy in the pecking order now, ahead of Hyunjin Ryu. Yep. I think he's pretty solid. Now that's not to say they won't put him on the deal with a phantom injury when they want to skip him a turn. Or that someone else a turn. Like we've got a history also of Alex Wood having a month, maybe even two months worth of really good starts, and then just not being that good again. So it's not to say he couldn't pitch his way out of the rotation. Yeah, I think it's pretty exciting though. Velocity yeah, is it up. Is. And... I've, I mean, I've always liked Alex Wood. Um, this was actually the most strikeouts he's had during a two-start stretch for for all the all the fakeouts from before. And remember, last year before he got hurt, there was an issue. Um, where he seemed like, you know, we, we it had been a while since we seen him dominate, and suddenly he was dominating again. And he said he figured out his release point. He got his release point back, so it's consistent with all the different pitches. I noticed after this start, he said his release point is right now as good as it's ever been. Okay, so that's Alex Wood we're talking about. Who do you think is a better chance of having a massive year, Alex Wood or Luis Severino? I'll still say Severino. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's as much separation between them as as we thought a week ago, though. When you guys hear Luis Severino, do you in your mind go, Hi, Dilly Ho, Severino? Not at all. Okay. Your mind works in mysterious ways, Adam. Yeah, sure does. It, there's constantly a Simpsons quote just brewing in there. Uh, we got an email from Brian who says, Drop Lance Lynn for Jose Barrios? Uh, no. I probably wouldn't. But Way. I don't think it's that far off. Let's not forget, Barrios had an eight-something ERA last yeah. year. What What has Lance Lynn done to uh, to become, you know, waiver fodder now? No. Well, I, like nobody ever got that 
excited about Lance Lynn, and he gave up what, six six runs in his last start. I've still got Lynn ahead of him. He's been like in a year where you can't trust any pitchers. He's been remarkably consistent, and I mean Jose Barrios. I was very encouraged by this performance. I think he has a ton of upside. Should should probably be owned in all leagues. Yep. Um, you know, except when I hear about scenarios where he's unowned and the best pitcher you can drop is Lance Lynn. Or or Dylan Bundy. That was the other one. I, I don't think I'd do that either. No. He struck out four in this one, in this start, four and in seven innings. So it wasn't like it was, you know, the dream scenario. Right. I, I did watch this start, and I watched a lot of Barrios last year, and he is his stuff is undeniable. And I, I mean, there was one sequence I think to Carlos Santana where he goes like change up, curveball, fastball, and it just looks really good. You see, he's got an arsenal. He's not just a two pitch pitcher. Uh, I don't know what the issue was last year, but he was one of the worst. I gave a stat uh, in the preseason this year that no pitcher who had ever had as bad of a debut season as Jose Barrios went on to have a good career. So he'd be the first. But look, it, it doesn't. There haven't been that many. It doesn't mean he can't do it. But he was so bad. I don't remember who I dropped for him, but I saw that start. I watched him pitch. He looks great. He, he Very encouraging. Let's just say that. There's no yeah, reason not to I take a shot. I think maybe the biggest no thing, reason. and I agree with Scott about the strikeouts, maybe the biggest thing is we know he's got the stuff. We know he's got the talent. I was glad to see him get a confidence builder in the major leagues. I, I kind of feel like he just needs to have a little bit of success, and he's going to be a good pitcher in the majors. Yeah, yeah and considering all the issues with his command of his pitches last year, that's what the Twins felt like brought him down. Last year, um, it was funny, a quote uh, Edwin Encarnacion had about Jose Barrios. Um, he faced him on, on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, and obviously he's Edwin Encarnacion. He just remarked on how good the command was in the zone. Like, that was really a defining characteristic of Barrios for Encarnacion, which was a complete departure from everything we've heard before. Um and, you know, sometimes it's just a line hitter's drop because they're asked about a pitcher. They just basically dominated them, and it's an easy thing to say. So maybe it means nothing, but raised my eyebrow. Okay. Also, you know, Edwin Encarnacion couldn't hit me right now. but Right. Uh, like he, we did <laughs> say he's Edwin Encarnacion. He, he may be. He used to be. <laughs> he's, he he's, on, he's on Team he's, Scam. That's all you need to know. He used to be Mel Clark. Yeah, you used to be Mel Clark. So, uh, look, it's official, guys. Draft is the most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. It is great for baseball. Download the Draft app right now. We'll get you some free money with our promo code. Search Draft in the App Store. It's going to come up first. And be sure to enter the promo code FB today. FB today. When you download, you'll get a 100% bonus on up to $600 when you deposit. Again, the promo code is FB today for up to $600 free dollars. So draft is different than uh, the other ones that that you may have played before because you get to do a snake draft every day, as many as you want. You can do up to a 10-person draft. Two pitchers, three hitters. Now, you can also do a dream team. I didn't know about this. I did this on Friday. If it's not a snake draft, it's it's you just pick your five favorite players and see how you do. And that's what I did on Friday. I did a 23-person dream team contest. I went with Cueto, Corbin, Goldschmidt, Trout, and Pollock. Uh, I only played for a dollar. I won $2. So I was in the money. I finished fifth out of 23. Uh, first place, I think, won like nine bucks or something like that. So that's just a fun way to play more fantasy baseball. Give it a shot, guys. Download the draft app and use the promo code FB today. 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. The app is draft. The promo code is FB today. Who's winning the Twitter poll, Heath? Uh, at last check, Jose Barrios was at 62%. Matt Harvey was at 38%. Ooh, the listeners I- like Rios over Harvey. This and we are at over 400 votes, so I think this is uh, close enough to official. I don't expect, unless Scott does a quote tweet with <laughs> some type of admonishment, that the result will be changed. <laughs> That's I would trade Barrios for Harvey today. I, I still have Harvey. I, I tried to update the two of them this morning, so I could. I've got them in a very similar range. I've dropped Harvey down to 48th. I've got Barrios 52nd. Do you see a reason to add Ahmed Rosario as we transition to another prospect here? Sure. I'd, I'd like to add him. Um, the only, the only league I was in where he wasn't, that, that wasn't so deep he was already on, but was, you know, of the perfect depth, I think, to add him was our, uh, 12 team Roto League 30 man roster. So 360 players rostered, 
uh, I put in a claim for him this weekend, and I think you outbid me in that league, Adam. I did. I so put in a claim for Hap and Rosario. You outbid me for Hap. I outbid you for Rosario. Yeah. So, and I also own Reese Hoskins in that league. So it's a league where it's deep enough that several players who aren't in the majors yet are owned, and and you know any league like that, Ahmed Rosario needs to be owned. And I gotta say, I, I have seen in that league <clears throat> that one in particular, twelve team roto with seven bench spots, right? Eight bench spots? <laughs> I think seven bench spots. Okay. I have seen Scott run away with the league two years in a row, and a lot of it has been prospects that he has stashed. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I mean, I, two years ago it was yeah. Schwarber and maybe one other guy. I don't remember who it was. Probably Turner. I probably had Turner in that league last year. A- and it has made such a difference. And that's the stat league. I was doing really badly, and now I'm in like sixth place. You guys are in first and second. He's in first. Chris is in third or fourth. Um, but Bellinger, I have Bellinger, and he's turned things around for me. And, and these hitters are coming up and having such big impacts now, as we know the landscape of baseball. And mm. it's just, it's such an advantage. So if you've got enough bench spots where you can stash a, a prospect, this can change your league. Yeah, I, I think and in a league like much- that. Uh, sorry, a league like that more so because you're playing the full season out. It's full season roto. There are no playoffs or anything, so you've got more time to make up. But right. it's just it's so important. Take it, take advantage of this. Read the prospect report from Scott and listen to what we say and, and stash some some big time hitters. It's it's easier in that league too because well, a the line the the roster sizes are bigger, so you know you go deep enough that you don't feel like you're giving up a valuable major leaguer to to mm-hmm. use a roster spot on them. But beyond that. The lineups are so deep. This is a five-man outfielder, corner infield spot, middle infield spot. I don't care how team your good is, how how good your <laughs> team is. There is a spot where you can have a better, you can squeeze a better hitter in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's pretty much always a place to find. Uh, there's pretty much always a spot you can find to start these players if they do uh, make an immediate splash in the majors. And more and more, it seems like hitters are doing that. The pitchers, not so much. I'm right. not as motivated to stash pitchers in general. Uh, but hitters, you're not even, you can't even be completely sure who it is who's going to do it. Like Gary Sanchez, I don't think anyone saw him coming up and doing exactly what he did, but just knowing he was a top prospect, uh, who was getting a chance to play every day in the majors made him worth hopping aboard. So, you know, I kind of talked down Ian Happ relative to, to Heath, but yeah, I put in a $10 bid for Ian Happ in that league. I wish, obviously, I had him stashed ahead of time, but it could absolutely be a situation where, uh, he's just so good that, uh, that he's, he ends up being one of the Cubs' best eight starters and plays every day from here forward. Yep. So Lewis Brinson, Reese Hoskins, Ian Happ, obviously, uh, who else? Uh, Zimmer for Cleveland. The guy you mentioned on the uh, on the A's, the shortstop for the A's. What's his name? Franklin Barreto. Franklin Barreto. Yep. And Ahmed Rosario, who could be very close for the Mets. The Drupal Cabrera hurt his thumb. John Heyman reported that Rosario is close, or, or I think he said that he seems ready. So it's just up to them. Yeah, they're, they're in free fall. Right. Make that change. Make that change already. Yeah, make that change. Right? <laughs> Make that uh, and you know, a reason why they're in free fall is because Jacob deGrom is their only fairly reliable pitcher, and he's got a 407 ERA, so we should probably talk about these struggling studs. Anything else in the bullpen? Uh, Brandon Maurer, he struggled again on Sunday. Ryan Buckter's been better than him. We know Carter Capps is, is still uh, down in the minors. Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz is not having a great year. 420 ERA, 113 whip. Four home runs allowed, uh, three in his last six games. You see any change? We talked about San Diego last week. Um, do you think Buckter's worth stashing? Do you think Caps is worth stashing? And then do you think there's anything going on in Seattle? Like where I've got room, I still have Caps on the DL in a couple of Roto Leagues where I have five DL spots and I just don't need it. I wouldn't have Caps stashed in a league where I didn't have that DL spot just because he's not shown – like. I know it takes a while for pitchers to get their delivery back, and I wonder because his is so unique and complex Illegal. if he's just having a hard time finding what it was he had before. I mean, that it's kind of wonky. Cheating. It's mm-hmm. cheating, yeah. Because I wouldn't call it cheating, but nobody else does it. Like, who's going to help Carter Capps figure out how to time what he's doing when no one else does it? Barry Bonds, someone who's good at cheating, I'd say. Okay, wow. fair. 
No, I'm Fair. just kidding. I just I always joke about <laughs> I, it's not cheating. I always joke about his delivery because I find it so I find it so absurd. But I'm he's not, not doing anything wrong. Really moved to to stash anybody else though because I still think that Caps has the potential to be the best. I don't think Maurer's partic- particularly good. Mm. So I I think he'll get a chance eventually. We've See, got Brad Hand on our team in the uh, yeah for the people league. Yeah, I was going to mention him. He's he's the Padres' best reliever right right now. Okay, and has been for two years. Well, since the start of last year. How about Seattle? Worried at all about Edwin Diaz? I am worried that he's not going to live up to the hype that we gave him in the preseason, but I don't have any concerns about him losing his job. Alrighty. Big news real quick here. Altuve limped off on Sunday. These are just some injuries you're going to have to check on. He came out late in the game in a blowout. Um, San Francisco is aiming for an early August return for Bumgarner. I got a bold prediction right. I my one of my bold predictions was Blake Snell would get demoted before the All Star break. There it you go. Has happened. Uh, my other <laughs> You're two. You're the boldest of bold. My other two were uh, Greg Bird would be better than Hanley Ramirez. That's not looking good. And this one, like they're doing everything to make this one come true, and he's just not do. He's just not pull, uh, pulling his weight. I said Gregory Polanco would be the best Pirates outfielder. Uh, so you know, I got that Marte break. Now it's yeah, just, he might still be. He might. It's not he over. Might. Um, the Nationals signed Bryce Harper to a one-year, twenty-one point six five million dollar deal for next year. He'll be a free agent after two thousand eighteen. Uh, Robinson Cano missed the weekend series with a quad injury, and I think you know a lot of it could have just been the turf. In that's, Toronto. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I I don't think he's going on the DL. AJ Pollock, on the other hand, could very well go on the DL with a groin injury. Mm-hmm. I read he was despondent after the game, oh. having dealt with this at the end of last year, and a little bit in spring training, too, groin injury. David Peralta left Sunday's game with glute tightness, which is something that uh, I'd like to have. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Milwaukee expects Ryan Brain to have a short stay on the DL. Shamanai is coming off the DL today. He's got two starts at Seattle and home against Boston. Start Shamanaya or leave him on your DL in one of those, I, you know. Look, I mean, as many people as going are going after Zach Godley right now, I think you have to start Shamanaya. They, they should all start Shamanaya. I'm not, I would prefer to see these two starts, but it's not the, it's not a week do. where you have that luxury. I'm probably starting Rich Hill too, and that's not even Oof. for sure that he's making a second start. You know what decision I'm going to have to make? Two start Sean Mania at Seattle and Boston at home, or a two start Joe Musgrove at Miami, and then the other one might be Boston. Actually, no, it couldn't be right. Boston. No, I'll go Mania. I'll go Mania there. Uh, I mean Musgrove. Musgrove is like just not that good. It's at Miami yeah, at home against Cleveland. He's been Zach Godley, like, yeah, I I think Musgrove's better than Zach Godley. I think Mania is better than Musgrove, but I would if. I'd be very tempted to start Musgrove with one of those being an NL start and Manaya like he could very easily throw two innings. I don't know about two, he could throw like four. Well if he re injures himself, it could be. Well, that would be I, bad. I don't really like starting pitchers in their first time back. Yeah, same, same. Uh JD Martinez said his foot is going to hurt him all year, so that's wonderful. Certainly seemed to be hurting him when he homered twice Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Max Scherzer dealing with a blister, and he took a line drive off his knee in Sunday's start. He's fine. Uh, Aaron Sanchez's finger was bleeding during the game. I, Okay. He said it was no big deal, but I would disagree. He's been on the DL <laughs> twice, Aaron that Sanchez. seems like a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I, I was not removed because of it. No. No. I so would still... But. I, I moved Sanchez up with him coming back, and, and I've got him ahead of Harvey now, so... Okay, Aaron Sanchez back. Uh, Red Sox pitcher Drew Pomerania. I don't know why it didn't just go to Pomerania in, but Drew Pomerania left with triceps tightness. Pomeranz expects to make his next start. John Farrell said he didn't think it would be a long-term thing. I'm going to just say he's going on the DL, just a guess. You never know, but he's Pomeranz. So. Uh, David Price should be back soon. Travis yes. Shaw left Sunday's game with a finger injury. Polanco left with a hamstring injury. Gregory Polanco said it was precautionary. Carlos Gomez left with a hamstring strain, which I like because it keeps the shields in the lineup, I would think. And uh, Brandon McCarthy's pitching today. Rich Hill is pitching Tuesday. They both have two starts. Good start. Good matchups at San Francisco and home against Miami. Uh, it's not clear. Like, even if Hill's great Tuesday, the Dodgers still have six pitchers. So, I mean, I guess they could skip Ryu or something, but I'm uh... like, it's... I would put it as unlikely he'll make two starts, but not impossible. Okay. 
Well, if you want to go see those starts from Rich Hill, you want to get SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app and save $10 with our promo code FBT. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but SeatGeek has made a very simple, very smart, very easy way for you to get tickets to any baseball game you want, any concert you want to go to, you want to go to theater, you want to go to comedy show, just use SeatGeek. Uh, it's just it's just so much easier because SeatGeek does all the work for you, saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. I've used SeatGeek for so many things, mostly baseball games, but basketball, uh, I look for theater tickets on SeatGeek. I uh, need them to come down a little bit in price, but uh, you, you get the point, everybody. SeatGeek is your one-stop shop to buy tickets, and our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase with our promo code FANTASY. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Every purchase, by the way, is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Again, download that SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY. All right, let's talk about these studs who have been total duds. Masahiro Tanaka now has a 580 ERA, only 35 strikeouts in 45 innings, and a 144 whip, and he gave up four home runs yesterday in an inning and two-thirds and uh, 10 on the year. So, Is he still the best by low? I, I think so, unless he's hurt. And, you know, I've, I've never seen Tanaka pitch this poorly. He hasn't really had a good splitter all year. And yesterday, Girardi said he didn't have a splitter or a slider. So, the, the and now it's really is, low. Yeah. <laughs> like peripherally, when you talk about strikeout rate and walk rate, that that does not look doesn't help your case at all. Well, walk his, rate's been fine. His swinging strike rate is higher than it's been since 2014. He's throwing more pitches in the strike zone than he's thrown ever in his career. I just I don't see anything that screams to me Masahiro Tanaka has like. I think you always have the concern, is his arm just finally done? But I, there's nothing that screams to me, oh no, this is it. So I, I'd probably agree, and I think you could buy him dirt cheap right now. Yep, I'll put out some I'm, Tanaka offers. I'm trying to buy him in the podcast league. It's uh, so far gone, unaccepted. <laughs> okay. It's just sitting there, the offer, which usually means no, and I'm just too lazy to actually log in and reject it. So what about this one? John Lester, Jake Arietta, these two Cubs pitchers who, you know, Lester at least had his best velocity of the season on Saturday, but he, he stunk. He gave up three earned runs, four earned, or four total in five and two thirds with four walks. The highest yep. walk rate since his second year in baseball. And Arietta didn't walk a lot about it. He only walked one, but he still gave up two homers and four runs at St. Louis, and he's still just very hittable this year. Lester and Arietta. It was one of his best uh, velocity games of the year, too, Arietta. And look, I mean, the strikeout rate was solid for six innings. The walk rate was solid. He just barely missed a quality start. Uh, I would consider both Lester and Arietta by low still. I know, uh, I know both Arietta and Joe Madden were very encouraged by this start. I got a couple of um, commenters in, on Twitter who... We're not so encouraged by this start, but I, you know, I, I think it was no reason to change anyone's opinion, my opinion on Arietta anyway. Yeah, I, I was re- really stubborn early in the year and basically just left him in my top five starting pitchers and I, I've gone away from that. But when you look at the peripherals, the velocities coming back, the strikeout rates not, or strikeout percentage is not that far off what it was in 2014 and 15. The main concern we had with Arietta coming into this year was his walks last year, and that's not a problem anymore. I, I, you can't keep telling people that you have no reason to be worried about Jake Arietta, but there's nothing you can do about it. You need to start him. I feel like, and I, I should probably go back and check the spring game logs to see uh, if this is true, but I feel like just kind of tangentially, I remember reading something this spring about how the Cubs were being careful because of their deep playoff run with all their starting pitchers. I wonder if Lester Arietta and Hendricks all three just didn't get enough of a spring training. Well, I, I guess I got to disagree with you guys on one thing about Arietta. Like his velocity was, if it was better, it was incrementally better. It was better on his sinker, but worse on his four seamer, according he, to Brooks Baseball. He so, doesn't throw like pretty much all of his fastballs are that sinker that okay. Brooks Baseball classifies it as. Uh, it's still way down though. You know, or probably about two miles per hour down. 
Yeah, for the year. It's the year. about two miles per hour down. But this was one of. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to say that because I don't want to give the the. I don't want to give the impression that his velocity is coming back. I don't think that's. I don't know that that's wrong with Arietta. I just don't think we can say that right now, and I don't want fantasy okay. owners to be thinking that. Personally. Fair enough. Um, so look, we're all saying buy low on Tanaka and Lester and Arietta, but who of those three are you most concerned about? Tanaka. Yep. I'm gonna say Arietta. Like I, while I think that Arietta concern relative to what we expected, you know, like I'm not saying that Tanaka is better than Arietta. But I'd say I'm more concerned. Like Ariad had a terrible second half last year. It wasn't. It was terrible by his standards. It was. Ter- it was bad. He had a 3.60 ERA and a 107 WHIP or something like that. I mean, that's still basically a must-start pitcher. Right, but that's if you use like your good stretch. If you go back a little bit further, it was over four. Okay, but I, I but, guess. But class, look at Ariad's numbers. Remove the Colorado start. And look at his numbers this year. That's probably a must-start pitcher too. Like I feel like the worst-case scenario for Arietta is still, you know, obviously not a Cy Young contender, but still somebody you're starting basically every week. And you can, I like I just said, you can look at Tanaka and looking his peripherals, and it kind of just looks like he's been bad until you dig a little deeper. With Arietta, it's pretty obvious. I mean, he's a career 270 BABIP guy that's given up a 355 BABIP. He's a career 72% strand rate guy that's got a 60% strand rate. He's a career 10% home run to fly ball rate guy that's got a 16% home run to fly ball rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. All like, right. I, I just, there's so many things that point to is going to be fun. Let's talk about two pitchers who are walking a lot of batters, Jacob deGrom and Justin Verlander. And DeGrom has 20 walks and 48 and two-thirds. And Verlander has 25 walks and 48 and one-third. And he walked five yesterday. Man. So, yeah, DeGrom and Verlander, same thing? Just they're fine by low or concerns here? They're fine. Maybe the bigger problem isn't that I think – or maybe it's not so much that I think all these guys are going to be fine. It's just that they aren't falling enough to where the next tier of pitchers would overtake them anyway. I mean, DeGrom's actually moved up in my rankings as the year's gone on because, like, as discouraging as the walks have been, the strikeouts have been, you know, pointing to ace them, and there are more (laughs) pitchers falling out of that group than joining it. I had Verlander as a number two starter coming into this year. I would be concerned if he was my number one because I didn't expect him to deliver that type of production anyway. And he uh, he's not been anywhere close to as good as he was last year, and I don't expect him to be. Yeah, but here's like Verlander has a two two straight year track record now of starting just like this and then being like the best pitcher in the American League for the rest of the season. Um, when is he going to start doing that? I, I mean, could, next start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could. It and could the, be the guy, the guy that I would compare it to is Kluber last year. Kluber, first eight starts, which actually ended on May 14th, yesterday, you know, same year anniversary. Kluber had a 430 ERA. Uh, the difference, I'd say, between Kluber and DeGrom and Verlander is the walks. He didn't have an issue with control. Those two guys do. And, well, yeah, go ahead. You're, you're comparing him to Kluber. I mean, couldn't you just compare him to Verlander last year? I, th- yeah, I feel like yeah. Verlander was even worse than Kluber was. Verlander had a 649 ERA in his first six starts last year. And then he turned it on a little bit earlier than where we're at at this point of the season. But yeah. But he was also much worse. Like the, the, it, yes. it was a more drastic turnaround than it would have to be now. Yeah. Uh, how about Jose Quintana and Carlos Martinez? Two, two other guys who are really struggling with command as well. I mean, Quintana is basically just like DeGrom and Verlander. He got 23 walks and 49 and a third. And Carlos Martinez with four walks against the Cubs on Saturday. He's got a 1295 whip, 21 walks and 48 and two thirds. DeGrom, Verlander, Quintana, and Martinez all have thrown about 49 innings and all have between 20 and 25 walks issued. Uh, mm-hmm. what do you think? Quintana and Carmart? I, every single one of these pitchers you named, Tanaka, Lester, Arietta, DeGrom, Verlander, Quintana, Carlos Martinez. I think every single one of them I made a trade offer for this weekend. <laughs> okay. I, I, for me, the the one I would be the most concerned about would be Quintana because he does not have the stuff to make up for that type of walk rate. Like, he can't be good if this is just a year where his control isn't as good as it's been in the past. We have spent a lot of time talking about pitchers. Let's talk about some hitters. Who are some hitters that you want to add? Uh, Kevin Pillar is, is hitting well right now. 
uh, Jason Kipnis. I, I don't know if he's available, but he batted leadoff on Sunday and he went crazy. Logan Morrison and Justin Bohr are about 30% owned, the two of them, and they're hitting very well. Logan Morrison homered off Chris Sale. That was impressive. Any any hitters that you think need to be picked up right now? Well, Matt Holiday is still not 60% owned. So he, like, he is by far the leader in the club. I think he was 55%, 56% this morning when I looked. Uh, I understand questioning whether Matt Holiday is going to hit the midway point in the season and get injured or just not be as good. It doesn't matter. You add him now and figure that out later. Yeah. Um, enjoy the ride. Josh, I, mean, I think he's better in the short term than somebody like Altair, even though Altair maybe deserves to be more owned. Right. Not that much. Um, Josh Reddick is another guy that I think is just people kind of forget about him because he wasn't that exciting coming into the end of the year and people were worried about his playing time. He's got 135 plate appearances. He's got, gets some against lefties. He's got a, almost a 300 average with over 800 OPS. I, I think Reddick should be much higher than the 30% owned that he is. Okay. You brought up Pilar who kind of caught my attention this morning. So I haven't added him anywhere. Um, but he has been, I was looking at him in a points league and very consistently right around 20 points week after week. You project his numbers out. It's very, uh, um, I mean, he's doing his best AJ Pollock impression, impression mm-hmm. this year. Kevin Pilar is a guy who I always kind of liked because the strikeout rate was low and, you know, he has some combination of power and speed it seemed like more speed than power but he's showing a little power this year uh for as well as he's performing his 341 babip isn't ridiculous so i think maybe he does deserve to be owned um well, Pilar- i'd still rather have like altair holiday but just behind them pilar is uh 66 percent owned oh yep. okay it, I, I don't think pilar needs to be 100 percent owned no he needs to be more owned than he is okay I think Pilar was about a top 30 outfielder two years ago. Yeah, and it was mostly because of steals and um, at least in points leagues, the low strikeout rate, but it looks like he's adding some more to his game than that. He's also a leadoff hitter, Kevin Pilar, so that right. is nice. Uh, okay, so Justin Bohr, Logan Morrison, any interest here? Not particularly. Okay. Justin Tommy Smoke Pham? kind of fits into that uh, category Smoke. too. Like he's hitting a lot of home runs, and once upon a time he was considered a good prospect. But it's like how it the threshold for a replacement level hitter is so high now that they're kind of on the fringes for me. Deep leagues. How about these players? Um, how? Oh, Lori Garcia. Okay, leading off and hitting pretty well for the White Sox. Tommy Pham, only twelve percent owned still. And then I got one more name to throw out, but why don't you talk about those two guys and if there's anyone else in deep leagues? I like I don't think Garcia is a bad idea. I worry about Fam and how regular or consistent the playing time is going to be. The White yeah. Sox don't have any good players, so they might as well just play the guy that's hitting. <laughs> but I don't think he's very good, Garcia. Fam, I could see having some power potential, but it's Stephen Piscotty's about to come back and. Like, I'd I'd pick up Justin Smoke, who I just talked down. I'd pick him up over either of these two, Garcia or Pham. But couldn't you see Pham just replacing Randall Gritchick? Maybe. He's got three steals, by the way. Yeah, I I just, I I guess that's a possibility. I can't imagine they'd just give up on Randall Gritchick, though. Uh, Also, Ben Revere. I think you've got to be in a pretty deep league for this, but Cameron Maben is hitting 180. Mm-hmm. And Revere gets in there every now and then anyway for, for Calhoun or for Mabin. And I know that Trout has been DHing, uh, coming back from the injury and homering in three straight games. By the way, he's incredible. Uh, yeah, you know, Ben Revere going into last year was an absolute must draft, like a mid round pick. So again, but the, I th- like the problem is because I think Ben Revere with what Mabin has done has the opportunity to just take the job. Except he's not been any good either. No, but he no, but he's been better than Maven. I think the one thing I that mean, would determine Maven did have three walks and three stolen bases yesterday. He did. He's, he got, did. he's got a five eighty OPS. I, I think you're hoping Ben Revere is kind of what Maven has been. No, <laughs> with nine, Maven's with been nine for nine in steals. Maven's been terrible. Like, three, like his on base percentage. His on base percentage is 122 points higher than his batting average because of yesterday. Have, he just needs to have a little better 
batted ball luck, then he'll be a solid roto player. All right, he stinks. So uh <laughs> they both do. <laughs> they both do, but again, I'm trying to go I'm trying to get to some deep league help here. Uh let's do some Cody Bellinger team names here. We got some Cody Bellinger team names from the listeners. Uh I'm just gonna read them. I won't say any of the listener names, it'll just slow us down. Don't ask, don't Bellinger. All's well that ends Bellinger. Don't tell mom the Bellinger's dead. Those are all oh, I, one I got a great one on Twitter that was too perfect, and I'll have to open it up and find it. Okay. I think it's the one that like seventy-four different people sent us. Saved by the Bellinger. So, yeah, yes. there it is. Because it makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah, like he saved your season. Right? Winner. It's too perfect. Winner. Saved by the Bellinger. Yeah. Almost to the point where it's like, how did I not come up with that? Right. And uh, I couldn't think of it even now. I had to open Twitter. Bellinger of the ball. Bellinger Biv DeVoe. <laughs> That's a good. I one. like that one. Uh, belligerent, but you got to say it angrily. Belligerent. Uh, we want a pitcher, not a Bellinger. Uh, Bellingeronimo. Bellingeremiah was a bullfrog. Bellingeru the Damaja. I don't know what that is. That what is going on here? And, like, uh, there you go. so bad. Okay, there's Cody, Cody Bellinger. I don't know games. that all of these had to make the cut. You know what? What about Kid Cody? Kid Cody. Oh, there's no way. People are like, oh, Scott was mispronouncing this rapper's name. There's no way that Scott was mispronouncing the rapper's name. Like, I mean, maybe I heard the name just, you know, and like I couldn't have told you that's who it was, even if you'd hint, given me hints. But maybe I had just heard that name at some point in my past and thought they were saying Kid Cody. Maybe. What was his name? What's his real name? He the rapper. Um, I think it's Kid Cuddy, but no, Kid I'd Cuddy. never heard of him either. This is not, not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, C U D I Cuddy or. Yeah. Lots, lots of lots of people know who it is. I said Cootie at my desk, <laughs> and Chris laughed so hard. Um, uh, Chris is so Chris is so hip compared to us, right? He's so yeah, hip. Whatever. He's a hipster. Okay, yeah. let's read some more names of pitchers here. Fringy starting pitchers, sixty-five to eighty percent owned. I put Charlie Morton and Sonny Gray in here. Usually. Usually 79% is the cutoff, but they're 80% owned. Morton, first nine batters, 150 ERA. Second nine, 113 ERA. Third nine, 1227 ERA. Opponents are now hitting 326. Um, and more walks as the game goes on. But still, I just feel like there's so much potential there, Charlie Morton. Uh, Sonny Gray, Kevin Gosman, Kendall Graveman, Matt Moore. Let's stop there. Morton, Gray, Gosman, Graveman, Matt Moore, best long-term potential in that group. Morton and I'm going to lean more over Gosman and Gray. I mean, Gray's part of that discussion too, I think. Yeah, I would probably, if I had to pick one, go with Gosman. And I might go Gray second. Over Morton. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not trying to say that Morton shouldn't be 80% owned. But I'm also, like, I haven't decided that he's a must-start pitcher either. There's there's plenty of things to be questioning. You know, there's someone in the next group of names who I like more than all of these pitchers. Even Trevor Cahill. Yeah, Trevor Letter Cahill. <laughs> I like that. Trevor Cahill, Matt Shoemaker, Patrick Corbin, Adam Wainwright. Hector Santiago, Alex Cobb, Cahill, Shoemaker, Corbin, Wainwright, Santiago, Cobb. He's so close, that Trevor Cahill, to, I think, just graduating to must-start status here. Uh, it was nice to see. I think he had only one walk in this weekend start, because walks had been kind of an issue for him. Had some bad BABIP luck, giving up eight hits in six innings, but still had the seven strikeouts, still doing what has me so excited, missing all those bats. Emphasis on the slider. And, uh, I am excited about Cahill's prospects going forward. I, I think it was good to see Matt Shoemaker get back on track. I still see him as a guy that should be owned, um, pretty much everywhere. Cause I, I still am going to start him most every week. What's, uh, what's weird about Shoemaker, I noticed when I was on the verge of dropping him in a league, like the walk rate is unusually high for him for the year. 
which might factor into the uh, he has only two quality starts, so he's been getting pulled early. But the strikeout rate's very good. If the walk rate just returns to normal for him, maybe we're on to something. And then Corbin would be my, my third favorite out of this group. Yeah, uh you were gonna drop Shoemaker for Barrio, Scott. Did you do that? Would you still do that? Yeah, I mean if I had to do that, if Shoemaker was my low pitcher, I'd I'd do that to get Barrios. I'd yeah. do it, but I wouldn't feel good about it. I've got worse pitchers than that on my roster. <laughs> By the way, with Cahill, he's still he's got a five forty eight road ERA and a point four nine home ERA. And it's not right. a lot of starts. But he pitches for the Padres, so Cahill he's got a home start this week. It's against Milwaukee. It's not gonna be easy, but I guess I guess uh I'm at the point where I would start Cahill at home. As after I mean, being just completely dismissive of him, I think that's stupid at this point. He's such an extreme ground ball hitter, and Petco is kind of a good home run park or a decent home run park these days anyway. So I don't know that, that there's really anything to those home and away splits. Right. I don't really get scared of the Brewers without Ryan Braun outside of Miller Park. Alright, well that's that's a good point. Ryan Brain, by the way. Um Fringy Starting Pitchers Part two, fifty to sixty four percent owned. Tillman, Andres, Montgomery. Alright, Chris Tillman, Matt Andres, Jordan Montgomery, Nate Carnes, Miguel Gonzalez. Carnes is the one I'm most yeah. excited about because he's the guy that's going the best right now and has that this ridiculous strikeout run that's kind of out of nowhere, but we saw it a little bit when he was pitching out of the bullpen last year. And then it's just these guys are totally and completely dependent on matchup for me. Tillman's the one I would bet on having the most good starts the rest of the way, but I'm sw- swapping them in and out depending on who they're facing that week. And then Matt and Andres, if you picked him up for a two-start week, or he completely delivered for you, especially if it's a points league where he's relief pitcher eligible. I'd have a hard time dropping him now. I don't have a lot of confidence in him, but I had no, I had no problems, no problems dropping him. Maybe I should have, but I did. I started him as an RP. I dropped him. Like he's not pitch five innings, two runs, four walks at Boston. Well, this was the five innings was unusual for him. He's actually been one of the more consistent quality start generators. That you'll find on waivers this year. I mean, as 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 unreliable as most pitchers have been. Yeah, and Andres, I mean the K rate's okay, the walk rate's okay. Like one point three. I could see him whip. being okay enough to stay on rosters. Okay, I agree with that. I I had him in two leagues. I dropped Andres in one league. I did not drop him in the other. I don't yeah. remember who I dropped him. It really for. depends on who's available. Like if right. it's a league where Brios is out there, you right. clearly drop him for Brios quickly. But there was also a league where I took the Adam Azer advice and picked up CC Sabathia for a two start week. Oh, and I would not have been dropping Andres <laughs> for Sabathia. Oh well, one yeah. of those starts is against the Royals, Heath. So you're gonna have to root for him. But here's the problem: is the the Royals are really good again because they, I'll see these Escobars leading off. Uh, red hot, They're playing well. My new benching Kelvin Herrera. Was is going to be a mistake. Um, all right, fringy starting pitchers part three, Jesse Hahn, Daniel Norris, Ariel Miranda, Mike Fultonevich. Hahn, Norris, Miranda, Fultonevich. Who would you gamble on? Fulty. Fulty. Yeah, no- probably Fulty. Norris is the one I'm most likely to take a shot on, but I, you could make an argument for any of these guys. They're – Actually, Hahn. Well, I, I, I overlooked Hahn. Like, yeah. He's had a pretty good career other than one terrible year, but – uh, I, was, I just don't know who he is. Like, he used to be this big ground ball guy, got away from that last year, said he was going to get back to that this year, and has had success, but the ground ball rate really hasn't followed. And if you're not getting strikeouts either, I'm just, I'm betting against you. I, right. I, I like Fulty the most. He's had one disastrous start, uh, had, had a couple good strikeout starts and mostly good starts overall. I think he's shown the most of this group this year. And we've got Feldman in deep league. Scott Feldman. I won't sing it this time. Joe Biagini. Tonight. Josh Biagini. Tomlin. That's what, that's what Aladdin told Jafar. And that's how he put him to bed. Mm. I said, what Biagini, movie is that? they have the most power. What are you talking about? trapped in the lamp. What are you referencing? He outsmarted him. What movie is that? What? Jaf- who's Jafar? I, I said Aladdin. That's what Aladdin told Jafar. I'm Ala- about who Aladdin. is Aladdin? Aladdin. Aladdin. I'm the just, movie. I'm just you know, like the way I said it. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Josh Tomlin. Jose. I look at this list and I think, God, the Marlins have a bad rotation. Jose Arena, uh, Edinson Volquez, Justin Nicolino. They're all on here. You got uh, Lisa Verte Bonilla, Andrew Kasher. I should throw in Matt Garza. Matt Garza, like, might not be that bad. He's trying to throw more off-speed pitches. Maybe he'll have a 
bit of a bounce back year. I don't know. For a deep league, yeah, I could see like if if you're in a a situation where these are the types of pitchers you're choosing from, I could see Garza being a quality option. Yeah. Okay. And that's gonna do it for today's show. Uh, we we could stay a little bit late and go through today's matchups real quick. Oh, there are, I think, eight games on the schedule. They begin at 6, 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell me starts and sits. We got Archer and Carrasco. We'll start them both. We got Cologne at the Blue Jays facing Bullsinger. Start either Cologne or Bullsinger? No. I'd prefer not to. If I had to choose one, it would be Bullsinger. Are you starting Jose Bautista this week? Boy, they have some nice matchups. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Musgrove and Dan Straley, Astros at Marlins. I would rather start Musgrove. Yeah, yeah, I'd lean yes if I already owned him. Yeah. Zach Wheeler at Zach Godley tonight. Wheeler. Wheeler. Mike Pelfrey and Jesse Chavez. The White Sox are at the Angels. Neither. Yeah, Chavez if I had to, but I don't want to start either. Brewers at Padres. Chase Anderson, Luis Perdomo. No. Yeah, I don't love it. Anderson's a you know, sleeper, maybe daily fantasy sleeper. At the he will, though, on my two-star pitchers list also. In fact, he may have been behind Godley. He will be uh, He will be used heavily in DFS tonight because yeah. he's facing the Padres. A's and Mariners, Sean Manaya, Giovanni Gallardo. I'd really like to see one Manaya start first. I'll start Manaya and not Gallardo. Would you start Brandon McCarthy or Matt Cain tonight? I would choose McCarthy, but I'd like to not start either. Okay. Have a wonderful day. To yeah. You, to you and to, to everyone out there. To you and yours. Thank you for letting me sing and reference The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to go watch Aladdin. Bye, everyone. <laughs>